1: geekscapists welcome to our brand new geekscape if this is your first geekscape uh welcome if this is not your first geekscape welcome back we took a long hiatus and we are back with our partnership with westwood one and we're very happy to be here uh same show you remember discussion about movies video games comic books tv all the pop culture and geek stuff that you can handle um but now we're we have a couple more bells and whistles we have our friends at westwood one uh behind us they're, they're helping. Uh, Recording in their studio, they're going to do some promoting, uh, and it's really, really uh, going to be a lot of fun. So I'm really excited about it. I want to pause real quick to tell you guys all about Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a premier geek box subscription service. They'll send you all this cool stuff once a month uh, in the mail. They've got all sorts of different boxes. They have a wrestling crate for WWE fans. They have this. They have lootware, so you don't have to do your laundry. More than once a month, because every month they're going to send you some cool clothes that are geek-themed. Loot Crate DX is kind of their premier box. It's a little bit bigger and has some really cool stuff. I'll talk to you guys on the show about what I got this month from uh, Loot Crate in the DX box. And they have their standard Loot Crate box. So go to lootcrate.com slash geekscape. Put in the order code geekscape for a discount. And um, once a month, you guys are going to get... Pretty cool surprise full of geek stuff. And if you want to advertise on Geekscape, send me an email at, at net, and I'll put you in touch with the uh, right parties and maybe you can hear your name. You know, just if you want the attention of some uh, 15 to 35-year-olds who are into pop culture and they love consuming stuff. I don't know. You may want to advertise to them. This episode, though, I am sitting down with my friend Mike Wellman. He is the owner and operator of the Comic Bug here in Los Angeles and uh the comic book I first discovered is that it was just one comic book store in Manhattan Beach. Yeah, yeah. Hi geeks. Uh, <laughs> that's Mike right there. And I first discovered it because um I was tutoring in like okay. the South Bay and I lived in Clover City. I had a tutoring gig where I was going around uh, making some money, tutoring kids on SAT prep. And a lot of them were in uh Marina Del Rey, Manhattan Beach, um, And I would find myself with stretches between students where I had driven out to Manhattan Beach and had nothing to do between students. And so I just was like, is there a comic book store in the area? And the comic book was right there. Awesome. I walked in. The guy behind the counter, first off, the the store was awesome. It it was just a really well-run store, and you can tell. Because... Um, you know, everything had its place. It was open. It didn't have posters all over the windows. It didn't have junk laying around. And sometimes you walk into those stores and they just look like an extension of the owner's basement.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a problem. So, well, if, if I was solely running the store, that's what it would look like. But uh,
1: <laughs> June is very clean. <laughs> so, yeah. so I walk in the store and. It's just it, well done. And they obviously have a lot of community stuff going on, too. They had a lot of signings and things that they were announcing and promoting. Uh, they did like a comedy open mic night and stuff like that. So, uh, but but really, like the person that runs the store, Mike, was behind the counter. And I was like, this guy's crazy. This guy <laughs> really? is probably insane. Uh, he's awesome. He knows what he's talking about. And then I found out he was also a creator. And a lot of creators hang out there. Like Mike Mignola yeah. was there. Uh, I met him. I, I met uh, a couple. Really cool people that I admire at the comic book. So it just kind of felt like a cool place. And then, of course, you extended, you expanded to the yeah. store Culver in City, Culver City. Uh, two years ago. Uh-huh. I used to go to that shop, too. Um, yeah, when it was Comics Inc. When it was Comics Inc. It was a good store. And then, like, what happened? Uh, well, he we just were... wanted to get out of the business? <laughs> yeah, Steve
0: retired. Um, mm-hmm. I think he moved up to wine country. And uh, we were looking for probably a year or more for, to, for a new location to open a second location and um, I got the like he was giving a letter to his customers that that the store was going to be closing. So um, I got that letter and I passed it on the June. And, and so we didn't buy that business per se. We bought the inventory and we took over the lease. Mm-hmm. So. um So, yeah, it was. Uh, and if you go in there now, you see it's a vastly different than it was when it was Comic Sync. Um, so, yeah, that's that's what happened there
1: and how that was a few years ago is it tougher to run two stores or oh it just is you know, it like infinitely a, worse or is it kind of help, they help each other it's very
0: different yeah i mean the the communities like the manhattan beach community and and the culver city communities it, it's funny like astro city and culver city uh sells like 50 copies in manhattan beach 20 uh
1: it's weird. I mean, it's... But they'll sell more proportionately of a different... They'll, they'll sell more of something else while right. Silver City has
0: less. I mean, certain books are consistent, uh, you know, <laughs> sellers, like at each store. But then, uh, you know, other books have an audience that they don't have in Manhattan Beach. And, and it's only and f- and vice like versa.
1: a few miles away. Uh, yeah, it's what, five miles, six miles away, maybe? Um, so the reason I have Mike on the show, really, is that this Saturday, Geekscape is if you want to get into comics or you're already into comics, it's free comic book day. This so is the weekend, yeah. This is the weekend... The giant geek nexus for comic book readers uh, to get into comics. It's it, I think Free Comic Day came about a, f- uh, a few years ago to try and get... Ten know, years ago. Kid, Ten or know? eleven. So this, is the, this might be the anniversary. and It, it was to get kids into comics. Um, comic prices had gone up. Uh, they started to be more mature. And obviously like the spinner racks are long since gone. That's yeah. how I got into comics. That's how a lot of people yeah, me too, got yeah. into comics. Um, but now is Free Comic book Day and it's coming up. And the comic book has some pretty awesome stuff going on both Saturday and Sunday. They actually made it free comic book weekend. Is you want to hear the did. secret
0: origin of free comic day real quick? Yeah, sure. So Joe Field, who uh, uh, runs Flying Colors Comics uh, mm-hmm. up north, northern California, had a Baskin Robbins in in the, the strip mall where his store is. And they had free scoop day at Baskin Robbins. And there was a line down down the, the you know, however big the strip mall was. Sure. This huge line. And he's like, wow, what, we should do that with comics, like free comic book day. And uh, that was the first free comic day. It was uh, started by Joe Field. He worked with Diamond Comics, with the publishers. And, and
1: um, yeah, it was it was all from Baskin Robbins. And basically he took like everything that he, you know, all his excess, probably back issues and stuff like that, and put, him, put them in like bargain bags or something uh, and handed them out or what?
0: No, no, they actually published new books. Like we wow. worked with the publishers that very first year, there was probably 12 different titles if, if i remember right
1: um, i remember it because yeah obviously we've been collecting comics for yeah we've been decades. around yes
0: yeah. <laughs> my first memory of you was when you uh came in the store in your underwear to promote some book super
1: action man yeah where you you <laughs> cosplay that was super action man okay i don't, what, I don't know what you're talking me, about pal. that wasn't me <laughs> i've never even met that guy yeah I, I wouldn't claim him either but no it was awesome I don't you're a brave would, man i don't think he would call that underwear either i think he calls that camo it was it was I think something he calls that his uniform like a diaper it's like a cap shield <laughs> yeah. you know it's like no i think it's clearly a shield this, that was clearly, you clearly created action that Man's. character to so you'd
0: have a reason to run around yeah. in your camo
1: yeah, yeah. I, I and super action man showed up at the comic book in manhattan beach i think so he went all the way down there, and you would interview <laughs> people
0: and and your crotch would be uncomfortably close not me This isn't
1: me. <laughs> like, well, you're, 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 you're talking about another person i'm confused I okay yeah I've heard stories of Sam doing that <laughs> that's crazy uh, yeah. maybe he'll do it again this summer at Comic Con um, so what is going on at the comic book bug this weekend the comic like, book so some pretty big creators it's down there.
0: pretty big yeah we're doing it as a two day event this year mm-hmm. so the last two years we we did it uh, mostly I mean we had free Comic Day in Manhattan Beach but we weren't there in force like we had been previously when we opened Culver City. Uh, we would rent out the teen center and, and throw a convention. The last two years, last year Stan Lee was there. Um, this year we're doing it as a two day event. So the focus on Saturday, May six, is in Manhattan Beach. Uh, we've got Rick Remender and Andrew Robinson coming in. Uh, Rick Remender wrote Seven to Eternity, Fear Agent, Low, Black Science, Deadly Class,
1: and a ton of stuff for ton of stuff. Marvel. Yeah, as on X Force. Yeah, like I but, got into him through Fear Agent.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's amazing. Well, he just launched it. Can I see that book? He just launched his own
1: studio. It's called... I saw
0: that. Giant Generator, I think. Yeah, Yeah,
1: Giant Generator. He writes about it in the last issue of Seven to Eternity, about how he based it on a bad religion lyric.
0: Right, right. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with that. Um, So this is the first, I think this might be the first book with the Giant Generator logo on it, Seven Mm -hmm. to Eternity, free comic book day edition, exclusive only at the Comic Bug. Um, and we've got 1500 copies we're going to give out on Saturday. Wow. Uh, Andrew Robinson produced the artwork for the cover. We worked with Rick and and image and everybody.
1: And if you guys aren't reading seven to eternity, it's a fantasy book and it's a fantasy book that that seems like fatalistic because it starts out and there's this family that lives in this world that has been taken over. Everybody's got a superpower. Everybody on this, in this fantasy world has some level of a superpower, not superheroes, but they have a magic ability. And there were these knights that are, you know, they uphold the integrity of the world, the integrity, the, the, of, the the world, integrity yeah. of everything. And they started to be corrupted by one of them whose power was to whisper what you wanted and he w- would give it to you. Yeah. And slowly these whispers started to possess you. And you almost became, you became like their servant, like his servant and his influence grew to the entirety almost of the, uh, of this planet. And there was one family and you know hidden groups so there's one family that will, will like we'll never bow to you we'll never listen to you never, we'll never ask you for anything we'll never ask you for anything we, whatever you uh, want to whisper us we won't hear it we refuse to hear you and he sends his minions after this family and when it starts out it, it starts out almost at already a level of devastation yeah, yeah and you're then in slowly but i mean the first issue is like wait are they just going to kill everybody? <laughs> like, is, is everybody who I'm investing in right now just going to die? And then slowly but surely the tide starts to turn, and you realize that they can't just kill this guy, even though he's semi-all-powerful and he's protected by everybody. Uh, you can't just kill him because everybody who's under his spell, when he dies, it also dies. Yeah. So they actually have to break the spell in order to kill him, and in order to do that, they have to transport, they have to capture him and transport him. To this this place where Realm. they can where they can break it, and that is really what the story is: is this journey to take this. It's a pretty amazing guy. concept. What what's interesting about it is that these powers, some of the powers are so idiosyncratic, like so idiosyncratic that mm-hmm. it's like that's a really interesting idea for a power. You know that you can uh, use a flute to create things. Yeah, almost like a almost like Green Lantern constructs, but you're creating it with a flute. Or uh, the transporter is kind of like a lockjaw character but he's a giant tyrannosaurus rex with a steel jaw and that's their transporter that's yeah, the yeah. guy who can transport and, like gateway like gateway like everybody yes. has certain powers uh and that's almost the interest of the book too so if you're reading saga and you're reading things like that and you're looking for fantasy books uh definitely pick up uh seven of eternity because got gorgeous it's, artwork it's too currently by my opinion yeah, yeah it's currently my favorite book and if, yeah if you read avengers droma Pena's run on avengers and you loved his artwork that's the same same guy yeah, Definitely recommend it, especially if you're, only, if you're just now getting into comics, because there's only five issues out, and
0: there's so far, a free yeah. one
1: coming get, out this weekend. For scoop room. free. <laughs> That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow night, which I don't know when you're listening to the show, but Tuesday, to it tonight. Uh, Tuesday is what, May 2nd? Yeah. Is officially a Fresh Off the Boat Day in Los Angeles. Mayor Garcetti proclaimed that Tuesday is Fresh Off the Boat Day. Uh-huh. Um, the uh, The new episode airs tomorrow. Stanley's going to be on it. Did you know this? I didn't know that he was going to be on it. Yeah, he's going to be on the episode. And one of the storylines in the episode is the, the three brothers are making a comic book. Oh, the kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Stanley, I think, is going to help guide them in making a comic and probably steal their ideas or whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, man. Hey, careful. I know. I love, hey, whoa, I love Stan. Hey, Stan uh, Stan's a friend. He's awesome. He's no, a friend he's, of yours. Too. He's a friend of mine, too. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, the kids are going to be at the, at the comic bug. And that book is going to be at oh, the Comic Bug. They filmed at the Comic Bug. No, they didn't film at the Comic Bug, but they're going to be there on Free Comic Day. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, we, we've got Hudson Yang, Forrest Wheeler, and Ian Chen, the mm-hmm. three brothers from Fresh Off the Boat.
1: And they're bringing the comic that they made on the episode. Yeah. Yeah, Boom Studios published it. Oh, I love it. And uh, so we're
0: going to have the kids there. They'll be signing the book. And uh, they'll, they're only going to be there for two hours. So they'll be there from like 11 to 1. Sure. On Saturday. Or, and then or they're going to be at Culver like a, City. Or else to, you
1: have to get like a studio t- teacher right, to come right. out.
0: <laughs> Kids can't work that long, man. It's against the rules. Exactly. But the, but they're excited to come. We're we're, we're super stoked to have them. Um, it's, it's a cute show. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I like Fresh Off the boat. It's yeah. great, yeah. It's a really, really well done show. My friends at Aspen Studios are going to be there. My best buddy, Rafael Navarro, the artist of uh, Guns of Blazin, will be there both days. Yehudi Mercado, uh, who has a, I think it's a superhero hotel comic yep. coming out. He's going to be there. Kevin Ye- Altieri. Yehudi
1: has been on the show, Geekscapist. Oh, a couple of guests, a couple of previous Geekscapists are going to be at the combo Oh yeah, on I'm Saturday sure. and Sunday uh Yehudi um he put a, he put together Pentelona's text uh his the the pizza comic that he did mm-hmm. what was the name of it I don't I, remember but, but, but you but you know this thing that he put I've, out like, I've seen a lot he's got Google, he's an amazing artist Google Yehudi McCarl- uh, Mercado. and in this guy he put together this comic that he came on the show to promote years ago I think and I'm not blaspheming here I think it's better I think it's as good as Scott Pilgrim and everybody oh, gives wow. Scott Pilgrim love but, um, I, I, and I do love Scott Pilgrim, but I love this, uh, oh, you this could love comic. more than one book. That's you okay. You could totally right. love it. it, it but it's, it, well, the reason I compare it to Scott Pilgrim is it has that same manic energy to it. Yeah. In that cartoon style. And it's like got this. He's a this, master of the craft,
0: you know, when it comes to he's the, a, his,
1: those, fa- yeah. He's a fantastic cartoonist. I think he's an animator too, isn't he? He was an animator. He still is an animator. And he was at Disney for a while. Okay. And now he's doing the superhero hotel with our, um, uh, our friends at fanboy press okay and uh i saw them at WonderCon, and they said that this thing is selling like hotcakes and i know cool. that yehudi was selling the thing at c2e2 and it was doing well so i i love that the dude is doing well um yeah. i would hire him in a heartbeat and he does amazing uh free sketches for you on uh, free comic day too which is cool is hey. that what you, i'm gonna get some of those You'll, you gonna get one you gotta okay. get in line baby but yeah uh
0: <laughs> We also have Kevin Altieri, who's one of the instrumental uh, animators from Batman: The Animated Series. Directed a lot of big episodes, uh, you know, helped with creating Harley Quinn and all that.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, uh,
0: Dan Wickline, who's an author, photographer, bleeding cool journalist. I do like Dan. Dan's cool. Uh, Don Walker is a friend of mine. DJ Kirkbride,
1: once in Future Queen, uh, mm-hmm. Dark Horse Comics. And that, is that that's one that's just now coming out? Yeah,
0: yeah. So the first two issues came out, and then they kind of changed publishing direction they're going to put the rest out as a as a graphic novel
1: no way is that because yeah it's, it's, it's just...
0: hard out there i think with with publishing and you know if, if they've committed the five issues and and financially it doesn't work like it's not going to get better so it's like okay let's put the rest out digitally and put out the graphic novel and you know right hope, hope it gets its audience that way so it's a great book dj's a great guy
1: a great writer do you see that happening more often where uh, digital single issues publish trade I've seen it a couple times. I know um, my buddy uh,
0: uh, Nick Marino has a Cougar and Cub mm-hmm. from Action Lab, and the first issue came out, and Action Lab decided to put the rest out digitally and put out the tray. I mean, you know, when you make something, you spend all this time making something, you want you want to put it out physically. Sure,
1: you, know? you just want to hold it in your hands. And, yeah,
0: but the companies, especially these these smaller companies, they they have to you know make sometimes not the most fun decision in, like, okay, at least it's coming out, you know, and at least there is going to be the graphic novel. So they believe in it still, but they just can't,
1: you know. Well, I remember when I did Miami Vice for Lion Mm Forge, that was their, they were like, the single issues will always only be digital. And then I looked up one day and they sent me the trade, uh, the collected trade, and it was cool to have the trade, but it sold out. And we have some geekscapers who are, uh, I don't know what the deal is with their Amazon or their uh, Comicsology or whatever, right. where, they, where they aren't downloading the digital, the single digital issues. Maybe they just don't want to read it on an iPad. They want to hold it in their hands. I love owning it. Like, I, I love I've, holding I've it I've never well. read a comic. Digitally. And I can't sign an iPad. Right. Well, you can. Uh, but- <laughs> I can, but you, you don't want to clean that off. Right. Um, but... For, they went and ordered it on Amazon. One of our geeks went and ordered it on Amazon so they could have it, and I think the stock is gone. So the order went through, and then it got refunded because the stock wow. just isn't there. And I don't know if Line Forge is going to republish them, but it exists in digital. It will It will always exist in digital
0: yeah.
1: uh, until the apocalypse.
0: I, I checked my shelves after I saw that comment on on uh, Facebook, and we have the Jim Food one, but we don't mm-hmm. have yours, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, I think I got the uh, short end of the stick on that one. You did, and man. And you know what, guys? Mine is in continuity between seasons one and two. So if you're a Miami Vice fan, mine's kind of the one that you want to read. I mean, the moral of the story here is if if a book has Jonathan London's name on it, pick it up. because It's going to be because, hard to find. Because they're only going to publish five of them. <laughs> well, maybe that. But. Pick it up cause, because the print run on it is 10 issues. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got yourself a pretty exclusive book. <laughs> Check those bargain bins for the other nine. I, so we, dude, we've
0: got like I'm not going to read everybody's name, but, but we've Zach, got like 50 people we coming.
1: Just had Zach on the show. Oh uh, yeah, Zach Kaplan. Zach was, Kaplan was on the show uh, last fall for Eclipse. He's a good writer. His, his book. first
0: book too. His first comic, and it's it's amazing. It's a sci-fi murder mystery
1: it, uh, set set on you know a planet where the sun will torch you the second it hits you. Pretty much. Geekscape, if you remember, he was on the uh, on the show a few months ago, and we just talked about his job. Uh, as a poker dealer at Hollywood Par- uh, at Hollywood Park Casino, oh, was he a poker dealer? He still loves. Oh, he poker. still is. He's still totally about poker, but he had some pretty funny stories about the people who come into Hollywood Park and and he'd have to deal poker chips too. That's awesome.
0: Um, yeah, real quick. So Tanya Bjork is coming. Don John Schmidt, Johnny Parker, blah blah blah. Sketchy Bugs and Ladybugs. So every Wednesday at the Comic Bug, we have a Sketchy Bug meeting. What does that mean? It's like anybody in LA that wants to be an artist and wants to have a community experience. And I'd say between 30 and 40 people a night every Wednesday come in and draw, they drink, they eat, they sometimes learn things. And they're uh,
1: not the same people every week, so you guys are us, regulars, A lot of them are, but, but,
0: but about 10 you know, or 20, 20 people of them. roll in and roll out. And yeah, so it's, uh, it's really cool. It's like a standing date, you know, Wednesday night, the comic bug. In the back, there's the Latvarian Lounge, as named by Stanley, <laughs> our friend. That's what he called it? He, yeah, I because I wanted to dedicate it to him. And I told him, I was like, Stan, we're going to call it, you know, Stan Lee's Excelsior Pit yeah. or whatever. He's like, yeah. no, don't you know about alliteration? The Latvian Lounge. <laughs> and I was like, all right, man, you called it. So uh, that's, that's where cool. we do our comedy shows, our live concerts and stuff. So the sketchy bugs kind of have grown exponentially, actually, the last year or so.
1: Is that like a 24-hour comic book banking Contest thing too. Well, we do that too, yeah. But, what is the know. key? Because, you know, I've been to a lot of stores that don't do the community thing, and I think w- when I posted for questions for this episode, a lot of people were asking about the retailer experience. I've never had a retailer on Geekscape in 11 years. I've never oh, wow. had someone whose business was to sell comics. And uh, clearly with Free Comic Book Day coming up, I wanted to have somebody on who could tell me about selling comics. Um, I have questions from yeah. some of the Geekscapists, but uh, why? Like just off the... Bad. I, I know you're a creator. Mm-hmm. I know that you grew up reading comics and you had not just comics but fandom. Your Battlestar Galactica collection is legendary, you tell me. <laughs> like in, when we, you and I last saw each other at, uh, Hatch's, uh, at memorial. Hatch's Memorial. He's a former Geekscape guest. Uh, it was really sad. Yeah. That was pretty sad. Um, and well, he was, he was uh,
0: 71 when he passed. And one of the things I took away from that memorial was that uh, he never grew up. You know,
1: and yeah. I hope hope people are saying that about me and at my memorial. Yes, or they're saying, man, that guy's wacky. <laughs> which is a form of not growing up. Exactly. But also maybe a form of just trying to work your way into jail one day. <laughs> yeah. or, um, so... Uh, like what led to as a geek? Like what led to this life of now? I'm going to run a store professionally, or I'm going to get I'm going to get into comics. Did you just have a massive comic book collection that you could segue into a store? Like what was well, the process? Yeah, I grew up in North Carolina,
0: and I was born in Ohio. I grew up in North Carolina. I was a huge comic book fan. Um, I, I got a, sh- a job at a comic shop in North Carolina that uh, I left uh, in 1997 to move to Hollywood to make it big and. Be a screenwriter and blah, 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 you know, like, like we all do when we moved to Hollywood. Sure. Um, I worked at uh, Fox uh, Davis Entertainment mm-hmm. um, as an intern and, and would do script coverage. And I would bring in comics all the time to, to you know, show them for development. And, uh, you know, there was always some reason it wouldn't work. Nobody was listening to comics back in 97, no, 98. No. no, right. They weren't. I mean, I think comics caught Hollywood's attention in 2001 with Spider-Man or was that 2002? That was too it, well. The, the way trailer I,
1: had the Twin Towers. Yes, but by the time the movie came out, and that was yeah, two thousand one. So what it, I yeah. remember is that the Spike was in ninety one, eighty nine to ninety one. You had the, okay. the Tim Burton Batman, Batman yeah. and then that led to the Dick Tracy, the Ninja Turtles, mm-hmm. uh, Rocketeer, Phantom. Uh, you know, they they had all those right, comics, Which but they weren't but, all but, blockbusters. But they weren't all blockbusters. Uh, they weren't all great. Right. I was thinking about the Dick Tracy thing today because I think someone's buying the company that owns Annie Dick Tracy and all those old pulps. Um, I think Fox is going to buy them. Oh, cool! That was the news I read today. So I was like, oh, that, that was for sale. Yeah. You know. There's probably some good stories in there that you could probably put on the big screen. Um, and that that was when I started getting into comics as a kid. Like obviously, like you're reading in, in the 80s, you're reading the Chris Claremont X-Men stuff, and then yeah. that led to the stuff where like I just remember my favorite my favorite x-men t- cover of all time was when you know you see wolverine pinned up there on that x that oh Mark yeah S-S3 yeah, Mark S-S3 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 one, yeah that's like, great what is happening it's 251 i think and so much of that imagery was in logan this year it was yeah you know from that run where they're where the x-men they think that they died in the mutants and they think that they died in dallas and now they're in australia right it was you know with the reavers and so much of that is logan. good stuff so uh, my- it was amazing, and then it, it obviously, like you're you're into Ninja Turtles if you're an eighty nine ninety. Oh, like I like a, Ninja you're Turtles. You're into yeah. Ninja Turtles. You're going to the movie. You're going to Tim Burton's Batman, and then right after, I guess they started flopping, and, and you can kind of see that with the Batman franchise, like the yeah. Batman franchise. The, well, 90s, the last one, uh, Batman and Robin. It was kind of the barometer of comic book popularity in the '90s, and then by the end of it, it was like we don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> and, well, that's when I entered the picture in right? Blade came out it was a modest hit yeah and then i think that opened the doors for things like brian singer's x-men and huh? then, oh yeah yeah because yeah. Right, brian singer's x-men was 2000 mm-hmm. and then we had ourselves a spider-man movie that went kablooey it was awesome well by the time x-men
0: hit i had my Hollywood dreams had long shattered. Uh, that was only like two years. I know being out well, dude, here, like, going Interning on? Is, is is expensive <laughs> and it's brutal. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know, how long can you get in for trouble
1: free? for not paying their interns? Maybe I don't they know. I mean, it was they, cool. They, I loved they the experience. absolutely. Did. Fox I Searchlight bet. got in trouble for not paying their interns. Wow, and it well, changed laws. You could have been in on that case. My paying
0: job that I got though was uh, at Jeffrey's Comics. So <laughs> I, I, while I was interning, uh, you know, you have to survive, you have to eat. So I got, uh, and I knew comic retail, so I got a job at Jeffrey's Comics. Uh, and, uh, one of the guys that worked there, June, um, he wanted to open a second location for Jeffrey's and, and Jeffrey didn't really want to do that. So June opened his own comic shop. And where was Jeffrey's? It was, it still is in Gardena. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so June saw an opportunity to open a shop and asked me to be his partner. And, uh, like June and I, we, we are like cats and dogs, yin and yang. Uh, we're very different people. And, you know, when we're working together, it's great, but we also fight a lot. <laughs> right. It's part of, part of our uh, charm. Uh, so, like, I was like, man, I sh-, you know, once June leaves, I'm going to have it made in the shade here, dude. Like, Jeffrey doesn't ask me to do shit. Oh, can I say that? Yeah, he's just okay. that. <laughs> uh, I, I can just be a lazy bum. Uh, and uh, and my wife at the time, she's like, yeah, but, you know, you there's a ceiling here and you're going to sure. hit it. Like, with June, you can, you know, have amazing opportunities. So, you know. I, we started the Comic Bug in 2004, and uh, it's been amazing. I mean, it's been really an incredible journey uh, from being able to now write and publish my own stories and tell my own stories, which is what a That's my passion. Of course. And then to be able to also nurture a creative community like we have with the Sketchy Bugs, you know, and, and take what I have and, and share it with other creators and give them, a, give them a stage in which they can come and sign books and, you know, meet people like Zach Kaplan with his new book. And, you know, it's just... I'm um, living the dream, you know.
1: So. And what I and then what I what I realize is that there's there again, like I said earlier, there's a difference between uh, like well-run shops and shops where maybe they just want to make their money on Frankenstein's at weekends, right? You know what I mean. So they keep the shop there so they can order a hundred copies of Marvel and get that one exclusive, right? So what happens, Geekscape, is is if you order a hundred or fifty copies of a certain book and you're a retailer, they'll give you. One or two exclusive covers that you can then go and sell at, you know, for a convention bucks or something or for like a hundred bucks. And it really helps offset the stuff that's going to continue to sit on your shelves and not earn back some money. And some comic shops are just run like that. Yeah. You know, there's not a whole lot of community stuff. It doesn't become a hangout center. And when I was growing up, like that was what comic sh- shops were. You, you know, if you're a latchkey kid and you can't get oh you yeah know, totally. I mean, school is over, your parents work, there's nowhere to hang out. Yeah, you go hang you, out at the shop. Go hang out at the comic book store, and you sit there and you you talk about video games, and you you talk about comics and baseball Play cards, and you, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, and you you battle pogs, and you know, <laughs> and, and that's what the comic book store was for. Uh, there are still shops that are like that, and yours is one of them. And you know, I, I think that Ed in the Valley with Collectors Paradise does a great job. Yeah, yeah, I've heard um, good things about his store. I love House of Secrets. Yeah, uh, I think Judd does a good job at Blast Off um he does a pretty big event in the valley as well yeah uh, he does
0: it at a brewery or something Does he,
1: he does well with uh what judd does with Blastoff comics is he does this whole blast off event in the parking lot of the federal there in north oh, hollywood yeah. and it's like a mini convention they have yeah. like 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 booths and things like that and um that's closer to me and sometimes i, I roll up there but this weekend i'm gonna go to the combo bu- bug on on sunday awesome. or on saturday i'm gonna go down there on saturday sunday i'm going to the ren fair Oh, well, we got some good stuff going on Sunday. We'll get to that. But the first it's the first my first Ren Faire ever Geekscapist. Are are you going to dress up? Uh I I don't know. Maybe I I will I just want trial by combat. But uh in a in a turkey leg. But the the podcast that I'm putting up next week, guys, I'm recording a few hours after this one, so I will not have my reflections on the Ren Faire in that episode. <laughs> nor will I have my reflections on Guardians of the Galaxy 2 in that episode. For that, you're going to want to listen to the Guardians of the Galaxy 2 special with Ge- with Ian Kerner. But uh, so so, I'm just saying next week, don't be expecting to hear about the Ren Faire because I will not have gone yet as of the recording of that episode. I'm recording in a few hours with my friend Jeffrey Reddick. Sweet.
0: Speaking of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. uh, on Sunday at our Culver City shop, we're, we used to do it at the Teen Center. We're doing it in the parking lot this, okay. this weekend. Uh, but I've got the writer next to the, next to the chili place next to Tubbs Chili. It's awesome. They're normally closed on Sunday, but they're going to open, uh, especially for us geeks. Yeah, so they're going to want- get some of that chili.
1: Yeah. Nothing's going to be better than, than a bunch of chilied up geeks with their cars. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't want to be in that, that con around. That might home. be noxious. You might actually have a health, <laughs> like you might be doing some health violations. That's why there. we're doing
0: it outside, not <laughs>
1: inside. It's <yeah. laughs> the so same reason they won't leave, like take Comic-Con away from San Diego. Right. You just need that that bay area you just need that gas lamp yeah you need that wind to come in from the ocean and just (laughs) wash us away if that was in vegas we'd all be dead within hours (laughs) um we got the writer of
0: all new all different guardians of the galaxy or all new guardians of the galaxy jerry dugan's gonna Uh be there the artist we're flying in uh aaron cooter so he'll Mm -hmm. be there signing we've got an exclusive variant cover by stephanie hans that we're going to reveal tomorrow uh, it's amazing it's, That's it's, cool. it's a cool homage to their very first appearance
1: And Jerry is a super nice guy I was on he a panel awesome. with him at Stanley's Comic Con And Jerry and I have been emailing back and forth About getting him on the show So uh, if you guys want to Send Jerry a tweet uh, yeah. He's very active on Twitter And he's a super cool guy And his Guardians of the Galaxy uh, It's starting up you know, pretty soon I just read Bendis' last issue And Jerry's uh, getting that series from him But Geekscapeus. Send him a tweet or two and be like, hey, come on Geekscape. I know Jerry wants to do it. It's just he's a, a funny guy, too, out yeah. Out when we can do it, yeah. yeah. Well, now that you have
0: this beautiful new studio, well, yeah, this I mean, studio alluring too. sort of, yeah. <laughs> feels like high class. Uh, the, the Fresh Off the Boat kids are going to be there on Sunday as well. Okay. Uh, Dean White, uh, colorist extraordinary, He's colored Captain America. I don't know what he's coloring right now. He's coming in. Uh, Koi Fam is mm-hmm. going to be there. Aspen Studios, Matt Hawkins, Dan Wickline's coming back.
1: And yeah, Matt. Well, Matt Hawkins, you breeze through, but he helps run Mark Silvestri's company. I mean, he's like, well, he's he's a writer he a who does a lot of the Top Cow stuff. He does, yeah.
0: Barbara Kiesel, uh, editor of mm-hmm. Watchmen and Star Wars Dark Empire. That's huge. Yeah,
1: yeah. She's gonna be there both days, Saturday. That's and Sunday. huge. I'm gonna see her on Saturday. She's great. Like, hey, yeah. Have you met her? You're kicking ass. No, but. Like I think a lot of the editors, just like colorists and Mm. inkers, like a lot of those people, like the drummers, yeah, they get (laughs) they get totally glazed over in comics, and people are like, we just want to be. You remember when it was artist prominent in like the '90s and '80s? It was like all about the artists, and then now I think we're in kind of a writers phase. I think so. Writers are really selling the book.
0: I mean, it was so bad. I I watched a documentary about Chris Claremont and like when Jim Lee started drawing X Men. I mean, Marvel just kind of swept him aside for Jim and Jim's vision of what he wanted it to
1: be. And And we don't have the X-Men without Chris Claremont. I mean, we do, but... But we uh, I mean, uh, I mean, we, would. I mean yeah. we don't have it in this form. You don't get the Dark Phoenix saga, right? You don't get the legendary story. You don't get that past. stuff. I mean, do you remember when you saw Wolverine as a Brood on the cover of that book, and you were like, "What is happening? Yeah, yeah. What is happening?" I remember seeing that issue where it was one. Of the, it was like the first time the X Men like met the Brood, and the Brood are like these alien like things that mm-hmm. will transform you into this Brood, and they, they look like the aliens They look like aliens. Exactly, they look like yeah. the alien from Ridley Scott's Aliens. And I remember, even though he has a healing power seeing that cover of that issue and it was this horrific image of Wolverine having transformed into a brood and being like, how did this happen? It was like, it was like yeah, a childhood stuff. nightmare to me. Right. Well, you would be so
0: much more invested in the characters, right? You know, maybe because we were younger. I don't know. But,
1: but. Chris Claremont. No, I, I think, I mean, now you're, you hear that Fox's next X-Men movie, their X-Men pure movie, because, you know, they're coming out with the X-Force or coming out with New Mutants or coming out with all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, X-Men's big, X-Men's, uh, the next pure X-Men movie, the Brian Singer X-Men movie, I don't know if he's directing it or not, but mm-hmm. it's going to be Dark Phoenix. Oh, is it? And so they have, so Sophie Turner, who is from Game of Thrones. Okay. Uh, you know, she played uh, Jean Grey in the last one, Apocalypse. Okay. She's... Coming back, and they're going to do some version of the Dark Didn't they Phoenix do that saga. With, uh, La- Last Stand. <laughs> they did, but it, it was, was horrible. Last Stand. Yeah, <laughs> Last Stand had a few story flaws in it. That that movie I mean, shit nice. on every
0: great X Men story. They, they, the Days of Future Past was uh,
1: rough. Was like a Danger Room scenario, and yeah, you know, like we're just going to flirt with the things that you guys want. Yeah. And to me, that that's what pained me about Iron Man, too, was that you start with that, that monologue from Tony that says everybody has their demons. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please do Demon in a Bottle. Please, do, please go after this idea that our characters are so flawed that they even battle things like everyday things like right. alcoholism. alcoholism yeah. and, and Demon in a Bottle is such a classic. I mean, that is the Iron Man story, I think. Yeah. Uh, or Armor Wars, maybe, but it's really demon in a bottle and yeah really and for somebody to put that in the monologue to start the iron man two, but not deliver on it they kind of chickened out but, but no, made it, it like was iron his, man 3 it was a sauce three. or whatever that, he yeah. had, his,
0: that was in his blood and i was just
1: like no please
0: <laughs> <laughs> just go for
1: it with these with well these i think characters. we're
0: learning like you know with the netflix series and stuff that, that we can take more adult sort of routes with these characters can you do it with
1: captain america can you do it with Iron Man? Can you do it with Thor? Can you do it with these characters? Or could, you, could you possibly do it with Spider-Man? These right. characters who are the biggest characters. I'm, I'm sure. I'm with you that Dare, Daredevil, Luke Cage, uh, these guys are. Uh, you know, especially Jessica Jones. She's very flawed. Like yeah. You can definitely explore She's those things kind of with those characters. Oh, it was awesome. <laughs> can I just say that Loot Crate, one of our sponsors, Loot mm-hmm. Crate, sent me this their latest Loot Crate, and in it, they had a Jessica Jones Alias Investigations bag. I took it to the beach this weekend, and it was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, Loot Crate is doing some awesome stuff. If you guys want a discount from Loot uh, Crate, go, and go to com slash geekscape and use the order code geekscape to get a little bit of a discount. But it's pretty awesome. They sent me an Alias Investigations messenger bag like the one she uses in the show and they sent me a card holder, like a business card holder that says, uh, that was like Matt Murdoch, foggy Nelson. It was Murdoch and Nelson oh, avocados cool. at law <laughs> from the Netflix. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally, It was pretty yeah. cool. I just wanted to mention that if you guys aren't getting that stuff from loot crate, I think that came in the loot crate DX box, loot slash geekscape. um, order code geekscape and you guys will be super happy like i am to receive all that cool stuff every month you're glowing i can see it oh it was awesome i was like what everything (laughs) in this box is awesome there's a batman key like keychain holder like it was a key holder with Uh batman i was like batman won't protect your bat your your keys i don't (laughs) i don't lose my keys but now i'll definitely not lose that yes they'll be safe um the flawed characters and we can we can start talking about secret empire which is the big thing that's happening in marvel right now which has caused a big hullabaloo. But uh, I don't know On the the big screen I think that on some level You have to give some Into a character Yeah they can't be perfect And Spider-Man is the the Perfect idea of that People say Superman's A tough character Right And I think That he's not Yeah I I think he's got more Weaknesses than Any other superhero And people are gonna be like What? Superman's perfect He doesn't have any weaknesses No he actually has Four billion weaknesses And they're us and the fact is that Superman cares so much, he doesn't want anybody to die. Right. And he's willing to kill one to save billions, right? Like, the big difference between Superman and Batman, everybody's like, oh, Batman's so cool. No, that's a hot topic opinion. Like, <laughs> it's cool. Nobody's going to take your goth card away. You know, like, listen, <laughs> Superman's just cooler. Superman's better because wow. he's an actual hero. Okay, he's not a guy who has a billion dollars. Who's like, oh, I won't write a check to improve my city. I'm just going to go out and punch people one at a time in the face. Pain. Yeah. It's like, what? No, wait, wait, no, no, no. Put down the S M M gear and just write a check, and you can fix the city, <laughs> dude. Why aren't you in, like investing in the infrastructure? So much more fun to write like, at night. I like, know, yeah, but it's great for a comic, but it right. doesn't make any sense as a as a hero. Superman, on the other hand, was raised by the Kents. He's a very strict moral code, and he had every reason to just use us as food. Like, right. He, like, he could have enslaved us. And instead, he said, "No, I'm one of you." And it's I, that good old southern upbringing. Man. Yeah, it was awesome, <laughs> and and that's why I think in trying to put flaws into the character, uh, DC films has kind of like missed the mark on oh, Superman. Totally back, I, think, uh, I think Superman. Up, I think yeah. a morally flawed Superman isn't Superman. By the time he leaves Smallville, he there's no moral ambiguity to Superman. He's right. very clear on right and wrong, even when his version of right or wrong is a weakness when lex when lex can use it to manipulate him when Mm -hmm. lex can use it to use the entirety of the human race as hostage as brainiac would do or mongol would do right you put batman Batman in a room with mongol the fight's over in five seconds you put batman (laughs) in a room with, with brainiac the fight is over in five seconds like it just doesn't like there's a big difference between the joker and a bunch of world enders right so this whole conversation batman versus superman is silly yeah, it's not a conversation. It's not a fight. It's a scorched piece of carbon in a Batman outfit. Well, like, they they, <laughs> they went about it
0: too in a very sort of legal way. Batman v Superman. It's right. Like, it sounds like a case.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then you ended up with a scene where there was a non-lead line bomb that Superman didn't see and it exploded in the courthouse. I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Le- le- like Lex didn't lead line anything in that movie, and Superman just walked in and it exploded, and they were like, "Oh, you must have done this." <laughs> Safe <laughs> wait, word, Martha. <laughs> in the, in the, the beginning of the, the core character being morally ambiguous was the begin, was the, was the problem and then from there you can't really construct a very good story around him because there's nothing to, to prop it against yeah, You're, yeah it's not a concept it's, there's not a concept of is there a perfect version of us who can protect us and right. why you can't really say why when the character itself is asking why does that yeah, make
0: sense? It told, I mean it did. because the movie it, it didn't, just but, becomes but very wishy-washy yeah. when yeah, there's
1: I'm, nothing to balance it against. Like like Peter is very clear. Even Batman, even though he's psychotic and violent and prone, is a very clear-cut character. And Superman's very clear-cut, but you can't un, you can't unclarify him and yeah, then hope to have a, a clear storyline. <laughs> we really are gotten off of Yeah, on we tangent. did. We, we, wow. But it does lead to what's going on in the Marvel universe right now, Geekscape and I know that we are playing so much inside baseball. If you're not into comics, well, you know what? You should be into comics, and this uh, Saturday is a great opportunity to get into comics. You should go on uh, freecomicday.com, Google Free Comic Book Day, find a, sh- a store near you, throw in that zip code, uh, and you're going to find a store and go and get some free comics, and maybe it'll yeah. get you into comics. Um, guys, these movies, these video games, they're all... They're all based on comics. They're all coming out of comics. These storytellers, even if maybe it's not a... You know, I'm playing through Zelda Breath of the Wild. You're telling me some of those creators of Zelda Breath of the Wild, which is probably the best game I've ever played in my life, and I'm taking my sweet time with it. You're telling me they're not comic book fans? They're totally comic fans. Comic books are the beginnings of this, right? So get out there on Saturday, no matter where you are, and and support Free Comic Book Day. Support your retailers. Um, Right now in the Marvel Universe, we are talking about this moral ambiguity with a character that is... Again, the Boy Scout of the Marvel Universe, Captain America, Steve Rogers, and Nick Spencer has this storyline called Secret Empire they've been working on for years, Yeah, where it's revealed that even with the manipulation of a cosmic cube, it's all it's done is reset. There's a cosmic cube. It's now become sentient. It's a little girl named Cubic, and she resets reality to what it should have been, and it's revealed that what should have been, what has been all along, is... Captain America is a Hydra agent, and he right. has been since World War II. It's not like, oh, in 2017, they made Captain America into a Hydra agent. They revealed his true self was a Hydra agent, and he, he was simply manipulated by the Allies into becoming the Captain America we knew, and all that Kubik did was reset him back to his original him, state, yeah, his and roots. that pissed fans off royally. Yes, on Twitter, <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, Nick Spencer
0: did himself no favors by responding to each and every criticism on Twitter too. Right. I mean, I, you know, it's it's a story, it's a fictional character, but you know, in these times, we have where we look to our heroes, we look to for escapism, you right. know. Um, and I, I can see both sides of the coin. Uh, I think it is an interesting concept, it's an interesting idea. We know. At some point, Captain America is going to come back to point. You know what he is. The red white, And, blue. Uh, and they're they're just they're doing a story here, uh, but what it's, one of the criticisms is, you know, not now, not now, not, not, not. while
1: We have Trump in office, this right. And um, so
0: ultimately, I blame. I don't blame Nick Spencer. I blame that asshat Donald Trump because <laughs> because the, <laughs> he's so easy to blame.
1: I know, he's such no, a but giant target. The,
0: I mean, not everything. that he doesn't deserve it. Right, right. So this is a, this is a comic book story. Um, but the the sort of feel of the world right now, everything sets us off, you right. know. And it's because of the anxiety that that everybody's having, and um, you know, especially you know, and I'm a liberal too, but especially sure. those of us who are liberal. And but I, you know, I don't I don't hold Nick Spencer to blame for this. It, it's a story, uh, and the seeds of that story were laid years ago. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Rick Remender even had something to do with the
1: early. Conceptualization of mm-hmm. Secret Empire, and he's done things like that. Like Rick yeah. Lander was the no, that was Mark Millar who did the Wolverine uh, Enemy of the State. Oh yeah, where yeah, he had yeah to go yeah. Up against Shield. I
0: mean, you know, the, yeah, even Civil War we had mm-hmm. Captain America versus Iron Man, and you know what Captain America stood for, and, and you know you would expect Captain America to go with the government, you know, but no, he stood right. for freedom, and Iron Man was you know fighting for, for, for registration, right, much right, like
1: right. what you guys saw in the movie. Yeah, with this thing, I, I read it last night. And uh, first off, like one of the highlights of because uh, I I I I got to read it, mm-hmm. but Daniel Acuna's artwork is awesome. It's great. Yeah. It's always been awesome. And Nick Spencer's writing is good. And there's a uh mo- like a a narrative going through. There's a narrator mm-hmm. talking about the hero, you know, this hero who you know had a darker day and this and that. And they're kind of narrating about Captain America, and you don't know if it's a villain narrating or if it's a hero narrating. But basically, what you're you're experiencing as you're reading this comic is the worst day on the planet is that cap is uh in this helicarrier with sharon carter and there's a Shatari invasion going on while these basically this enormous version of the masters of evil are all attacking new york city while on the other side of the the planet in sokovia you've got all these you've got seven nuclear missiles that are about to attack. And so they're putting all the helicarriers, they're sending all the helicarriers there. And basically you're seeing Captain America at the helm of these three different fronts, you know, from this helicarrier, he's kind of commanding all the forces of shield. And you know, as a reader, he's about to flip the table and reveal that he's a Hydra agent. And you're just kind of seeing these machinations play out. And so he's sending Captain Marvel and all these, you know, galactic fighters like the Guardians of the Galaxy into space to to battle the Shatari invasion, while the shield to protect the Earth is going to be thrown up, and, and Iron Man's working on that one. And you've got the the defenders and these heroes in New York fighting in New York. And meanwhile, you've got Cap up there, kind of biding his time. And ultimately, what happens? And this is in the Zero issue, the first issue of Secret Empire isn't out yet, but this is a free issue. comic day one coming a out. Free comic yeah, day one Saturday. coming. You can get it the comic book this weekend. Yep, but. What happens is that they get the shield up, but really the design was to lock those heroes, those galactic heavy hitters, out of the Earth. They throw the shield up. Chitauri invasions moot, but the the, the heroes are on the outside of the Earth, and then New York gets, like, negated by this interdimensional bad guy who just kind of puts in a blackout. Yeah. So we got rid of the New York heroes, and now Captain and now Captain America's in charge of all the helicarriers and... Uh, you see a bunch of Hydra agents flood the carrier and the, shield, you know, Sharon Carter is about to lead a bunch of shield agents against, you know, the Hydra agents. And he says, no, hold your fire, lay down your guns. And Sharon's like, what? And he's like, this is going to take some explaining, Sharon, all in time. But that's a great story. Hail Hydra. Yeah, I think it, it, if I was a kid and I was reading that, I would want to get to the end of the story. And I think, yeah, I think it is. I I don't know how much outside of comics I want to put it even though I too am dealing with the the social ramifications of everything going on outside of the comic book. I mean, I'm not happy with the social political climate right Right. now, but um, as a story, like, let it, play and i'm I'm kind of in that field it's like hey before leaping the judgment let's see where it goes and you know yeah, people are just saying hey you negated 50 plus years of storytelling with this character going back to the creation i mean that happened with with the spider clone remember when the
0: spider clone came out and they said ever since spider-man 150 that we've it's been the clone so you know you just, you just let it play out because And today, Spider-Man's as good as
1: it ever has been. Yeah, with Dan Slott, like the storylines are good. It's good, and it's, it's Peter Parker, and yeah, so you know. And then they had our, Otto Octavius in Peter Parker's body, and people were right. You know, people get we, we get upset about. That. I do sh- There's things we should be upset about. I don't think it's Captain America. You know, <laughs> I think that's the best statement on it. <laughs> that's, that's the moral of the story. There's a lot to be upset about. It probably isn't whether or not Captain America is a Hydra agent. Right. I we understand. But if you know anything about comics, it is that we are stuck in a second act and things will level back out. Exactly. You know, even Aunt May came back to life. Uncle <laughs> Ben times. for a second came back, yeah. but we'll see. I think only Uncle Ben stays dead. Yeah. yeah. But that depends only on the Spider-Verse. <laughs> in certain Spider-Man Which, which universes, verse you're in? Hey, in one Spider-Man universe, he is Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, he is? <laughs> yeah. Oh, if shit. you read, like, Dan Slott's Spider-Verse comic, like, there was one where, like, Ben was basically, I think he was basically like Spider-Man. Huh. He's all like big and fat, like he's <laughs> older. and He's like trying to swing on a, you know, it's like okay, that's the best that universe has got. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, and yes, Geekscape. I know we're going heavy on comics, but comics was my first love. And uh, we have Jeffrey Reddick next week talking about uh, his a brand new horror movie. He's the creator of Final Destination, so we're going to go all film on that one. If you guys love horror, we do have a, another horror podcast that is purely horror on the Geekscape Network, and that one is called the Geekscape Movie. Uh, that's the Horror Movie Club, horror, horror Movie Night. I keep calling it Horror Movie Club. It's not. <laughs> I, I want to call it the Monster Squad, but yeah, the Horror Movie Night podcast is uh, it's pretty awesome. And uh, they do a really good job of picking a movie that you guys choose. They watch a movie every week, and then they talk about it. And um, if you guys are into horror, that's 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 a that's another podcast you guys can hop on. Um, so we're here at the Westwood One Studios. We love our friends here at Westwood One. And I put out some questions to some of the Geekscapists for Mike Wellman. Because I never had a retailer in a store. So, uh, on the show. So uh, here we have a retailer on the show, and I have some geekscavers who've asked some questions for you, and we're going to throw them at you, all right? Let's right? hear it. Um, our own Daniel Greenbaum says, what are things that new customers or readers do that annoy you? <laughs> you know, you run a store, some guy comes in, he's fresh.
0: Yeah, you know, there, there's not much that it. I, I love new customers. I love introducing people. It's like, to me... You know, once somebody's been shopping at my store for a few years, I know exactly what they like, you know, and can take care of them. But there's nothing better than like somebody coming in and they just saw like Guardians of the Galaxy and they want to now explore comics. And so it's like, first thing I always ask them, what's your favorite movie? You know, and and from there, I could, you know, if it's Pulp Fiction, I get them stray bullets. If it was, you know, if it's a comic book adaptation, obviously you start them right there. Uh, and, And I get to sort of curate their, uh, their, their, what's in their bag? Sure. Know? And Street um, is awesome. I can only say one thing that's annoying. Uh, <laughs> it's not a new customer, but there's a guy, and I hope he's not listening, because he comes in every week or a couple times a week, and uh, he didn't like how Rogue One ended. So okay. he, ro- he rewrote
1: Rogue One a script <laughs> you know what you posted some of this i stuff posted the video so there's he comes a video in, on facebook on mike's facebook where he, this guy is just narrating his better version of the ending of rogue, rogue one yes that's geekscape and right there dude that was like every, every
0: couple days for a couple weeks and he gave me the script and he, Wait, he wrote the script he wrote it like a 40 page script and he's like so you come in and say hey have you read that script yet and it's like and he had bought uh, uh stock in disney because he was going to go To the shareholders meeting and and tell them, spoiler alert, that Jen Erso needed to come back to life and this was how to redo Rogue One. And he would just come in and just go through this (laughs) thing. And, you know, you know those people that just talk, 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 and you're like, "Uh uh uh-huh, uh-huh. They 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 have no no idea you're not listening. And... So I just wanted to share some of the pain that I go through with you guys on Facebook well, one day. What and... some
1: of his brilliant ideas about Dude, Rogue I don't, One? I, 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 you want the script? I think we take the script and we do a I, dramatic reading I right I think here you have him come air. in, yeah. I think we come in, we get some actors, and we do the dramatic reading of the better version of how Rogue One ended. First, Listen, Rogue One did not have a perfect ending. I loved the way it ended yeah. in a in a thematic sense. But, the whole lot, but it doesn't really set up a New Hope in a very consistent way. No. no. You know, because when Darth Vader steps up in in, in the beginning of New Hope, he just kind of walks in. Well, of he's Rogue, tired from kicking all that ass. At acid, the end of yeah. Rogue One, I was like, what is this? Like, this is a video game. Like, he's all, warn, warn, warn. you don't see him do that anywhere else in the trilogy.
0: I should put you in touch with my man, Bill, and you guys can collaborate.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and so that was a little silly. The other thing is that, the, that like, the Tantive IV, like, the ship that, leia's on at the beginning of new hope Mm -hmm. that she's like hey we're you know a diplomatic mission to alderaan and this and that she's trying to sell that she was just in a war zone (laughs) she was just in a very active war zone yeah i guess so i guess you're right and she was leaving that war zone i seen you i seen you you were right here are you out of your mind (laughs) we just saw you in a war zone (laughs) exiting so like the whole like the idea that leia is there And she takes the the, the plans directly is a little bit. You're doing it, John. You're you're doing you're doing the bill on me. But I'm telling (laughs) you, I don't know if or So should have lived in the end of that. I mean for the characters that were at the core of that story, like that was a beautiful ending. It was was a beautiful ending. Some of the logistics that are supposed to dovetail into New Hope was a little uh, I don't know. Well maybe Bill fixes that. I don't know. What's the next question? Okay, next question is from our friend Jason Tuller, who's also been on GeekScape before. Uh, what's the hardest part of owning a retail store? Ooh, uh, the amount of hours in the day. Like, really?
0: Especially right now with Free Comic Day coming up, um, uh, you know, you just have, that train is chugging, you know right. what I mean? And, that and dates you, coming whether you want it to or not. Right, right. So, uh, And I do want it to, um, and I want it to be the best day possible uh, and the best experience for everybody. So it's just this, you know, with the comic bug, there's an endless stream of events that I love. We do drink and draw. We have comedy night. We have drinking with comics podcast, um, you know, every Wednesday again. Uh, and it's just relentless. Mm -hmm. It, it, it's, it's killing my love life. Like I, I was supposed to go on a date Monday, last Monday, and everything was set up. And I was like, oh shit you know what i got a drink and draw i can't do that or take her to the drink and draw that's been no no that's
1: been that's been recommended the uh, problem is that the is that you get enough of those dates coming to the drink and draws <laughs> yeah. they all start showing up and comparing
0: notes right right, right. like wait that's a, minute. a problem he, took, yeah uh yeah. and then the, the watchman table read again fantastic it was a saturday night and it's like you know
1: so you know that's all listen man you made that bid that's it. Um, what are good tips for like getting parents like if there are parents listening and they want to get their kids into comics like or what are yeah you know, I mean how do you get parents into comics well uh, supporting we, their kids comics we have a section in the store the way the store is designed it's like the nine circles of
0: hell mm-hmm. the first circle is our all ages section so anything there is going to be safe for anybody twelve and under mm-hmm. um, you know we have bone we've got the, the Doug Tennopel graphic novels I love uh, that stuff yeah yeah we have uh, I can't remember her name but she does ghosts and the Babysitters Club have all that, as well as the Marvel uh, t- cartoon show, spinoff stuff. Then we have a media section, which has your Star Wars, Buffy, and all that. And then we have the DC and then the Marvel. And then you have the Ninth Circle of Hell, the indie comic section. Right. <laughs> which there's a lot of stuff that's fine for everybody. Yeah. Then you have your Avatar titles, like, crossed. and Yeah, you, you know. turn to the
1: wrong page and you're so, going to see somebody getting,
0: like... So once kids start wandering past Marvel and getting to that, and then it's like, oh, over here, over here. So, yeah. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, I'd say start with all ages section That's and, a good idea. and, and come talk to a re- me or any other retailer, hopefully that can, um, you know, introduce you to stuff your kids will love.
1: And do you see that Spinner Rack is ever coming back? Cause like, I, that's how I spent my allowance every week.
0: As a kid. I love the the vision of the Spinner Rack, but think about like now we like our comics in mint condition. Yeah, but they you, were but, not the best for, uh, but as
1: a five-year-old, as a seven-year-old, as a 10-year-old, like all you want to do is spend you get the most bang for your buck on your weekly allowance and comics were a great way and if you're going to be at the grocery store once a week anyway with your mom mm-hmm. yeah there you know it is. actually you just gave me an idea i think we should get a spinner rack to put the kids comics on yeah i mean it'd be cool i know that house of secrets has one oh they do um not necessarily used for kids books it's used for i think it feels like a little bit of overflow but uh that I mean as a kid like that's what you want you want to have the you want to maximize your allowance. Yeah that's
0: fun to kind of go to the store and like oh what's around this corner and, and you don't want to be
1: sitting around being dragged around by in this supermarket with your you know by your mom right right uh I think that that it the spinner racks definitely played a pretty important part of uh creating a large um population for comics a large audience for comics but they're gone. Um mm-hmm. what's the uh, you know the most dramatic changes that you've seen in the industry like, as a retailer last like five, ten years
0: um well i think the uh diversity of my customers really uh yeah it's it, i mean it you know 10 15 years ago comics you and i both know it was mainly like guys yeah. would come in
1: like between the ages of like 18 and 35
0: yeah yeah and 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 it was a boys club and now i mean we on thursdays we have ladybug meetings it's all <laughs> female creators and Uh, you know there's comics for girls there's comics for people of of different colors of different sexual orientations Mm -hmm. and you know I I know one of the guys at Marvel said something about you know diversity doesn't sell but he quickly rolled back that statement, and and it does, and there's there's a comic out there for everybody.
1: Do you think that Marvel's numbers are affected by this diversity drive? Because, I mean, you see it, and then you saw Marvel start this new initiative where they say, hey, we're just going to go back to classic numbering. I think they're just freaking out because, like,
0: yeah, they, they saw DC Rebirth and how successful that was, and DC right. Rebirth was, you know, DC, I think they kind of fumbled the ball when they tried for their diversity push. Like sure. they They just weren't genuine. I think the Marvel stuff is Spider Gwen is the the um the Ghost Rider character. I like the
1: Champions. Yeah, yeah,
0: and 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 uh, it was a more sort of and actually had creators that of different colors and and um the girl who writes Miss Marvel. What's her name? Help I'm me. I'm not gonna be able to help you on that one. <laughs> and Google it. But anyways, so uh you know it was just a more genuine thing. DC did Rebirth. They did full returnability on the first four issues. Right. So stores, yeah, obviously the numbers are gonna go you know go way up. Marvel sees it. They freak out because DC's got a bigger part of the market right now. But that's going to settle down too. And it's like, I, if I could tell anybody to the heads of Marvel, say, like, just calm
1: down. I like what you're doing. You know, don't. Yeah. It seems to be a very reactionary climate in yeah. comics. And for something that, you know, a storyline turns around, in what, three, four year, three, four months and it's being published? Yeah. Like the reaction time is very quick. You can't really react in film. And you do see reactions in you know, the DC films to the Marvel films, you do see films react, but you're reacting to things that were set in motion two years prior at least. Right. And in comics, it just seems so quick. Are you shaking readers? <laughs> like, it seems like with so much of this back and forth, you're going to end up shaking readers out of the uh, out of your yeah, audience.
0: I I think that, you know, because they did New 52, that was four years ago, and that was a major relaunch. And then, you know, four years later is another major. I'm starting to look at it like, um, almost like TV seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a, a show usually lasts four or five years, and if
1: it's lucky, if it's lucky, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: and and things have to be jostled up. They they just need to stop freaking out and and resetting to zero every time,
1: you know. And so you think diversity like helped?
0: Comics. I, 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 it certainly helped the comic book. But it yes. needs
1: to go straight up George W. Bush and stay the course. <laughs> stay the course. It it mission to to stay accomplished. The course. Yeah. Mission accomplished. I mean,
0: you know, you you gotta sort of raise the earth and and do different things every so often, but. I I think taking away diversity is Like turn Captain America into
1: a Hydra agent? (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Well, what I do see is a huge opportunity for uh, creators of, you know, diverse creators Mm -hmm. to, because if Marvel pulls back and goes, you know, back to just, you know, white male American uh, core characters, there's a lot of readers now in in comics that like are going to abandon that and they're going to be looking for other things. Yeah,
1: the Hulk is Asian. You've got Iron Man as a black girl. Like it's. Uh, you know, we got a Black Tino Spider Man, baby. Yeah, a Black like, Tino. It's Black Tino. I guess he is. Huh? He's yeah. awesome. Yeah, he is great. I love Miles Morales, and he's gonna get himself a feature film. Awesome. He's yeah, the, he's the. I guess he's the Spider Man that's gonna be in the animated uh, Sony oh, okay. Spider Man movie, Groovy. which is gonna be awesome. Eric Francisco, who is our very own. He's not Black Tino, but he's got some Asian in him. Uh, he's got. Uh, he he asked what the most common hurdle is that a, that a newcomer. Have um, entering your store like like you you said that you set your store up to be strategically welcoming, right? Narratively, um, but like the makeup of the most frequent customer and what do they buy? Like our most frequent customer is he still that eighteen to thirty five year old white kid?
0: Uh, well we're 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 Don't near, uh, <laughs> we're near JPL we're near all these like uh, rocket labs and stuff. Okay. so I would say our most frequent customers a lot of those are like actually men in their fifties. Hmm. Um, but no, it's a really wide sort of swath of the population comes in you know from kids it's always awesome to see kids get into comics uh to you know a lot of college age people um what was the question again it was basically uh the makeup of your yeah it's it's very diverse come in on a wednesday night and see that sketchy bug group Mm -hmm. and you'll see it like i love that like that's what the store is supposed to to read like yeah, yeah well just to read that like you know in america there's you know things happening just they're just so divisive to us, sure. And then look back at what's going on with that Sketchy Bug group, and it's like, it's it's
1: nice. It's nice to have a little bubble to to just get away from all the bullshit in the world. I think that on a macro level, things are very divisive. I think you yeah. know, on a micro level, you and I could have a conversation with a con- with a conservative, and we could find a very human basis for connecting. No, you yeah. every, every, have you seen how I respond to Trump supporters on my Facebook? No, I should look, I should learn. It's, no, it's not about that. It's basically like I keep all, you know, I keep all my posts public and mm-hmm. not just my friends can read them. And so every now and then they get, I, I end up with somebody who's a friend of a friend of a friend who right. just immediately jumps down my throat uh, about my politics. And I always start out with, hello, blank. Yeah. Nice to meet you. Welcome to my page. Um, what is it? That concerns you like what are your concerns on a day-to-day basis what affects you and your family like right. you know uh, uh, i think we do pick up a lot of on both sides we pick up a lot of uh of uh anger and and hostility on things that are outside of our control and and don't affect us on a day-to-day basis they have, they will affect us over the course of years mm-hmm. and yes the, the the course correction and the the things need to be righted now but uh the things that actually affect us on a day to day basis are fairly small. We're not going to be flying from a Muslim country. We're not going to be doing these things. And I think a lot of uh, people, when you start to focus on those things and you start to fix those things, the bigger things will correct themselves. Does that make sense? Right. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. The I mean, we all need healthcare. The course well, correction has yeah. The healthcare it starts <laughs> to it has to start on like a day to it has to start on a daily basis where it's like okay, just to get me to ten o'clock tonight. Yeah. Midnight. The things I, things I need. Down? What are the things that I need and what are the things that are affecting me? And I think in that way, you and I have a lot in common with the most conservative people. Oh, yeah. And in that. It's an ideology it, it, problem. It, yeah. It's an ideology problem and it's a, le- and it's a message problem, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so finding that core basis and then having that, that, that place of understanding yeah. and then starting to talk about the other problems. From hey man, we're all on the same side here. So that's yeah. always been my strategy. I, I've and, got to end, yeah. end up getting like friend requests from these people. I'm like, hey man, don't, I mean, I wouldn't be friend <laughs> requesting me quite yet. I'm not done posting some shit. Right, like, right, right. Hey. Um, Rob Worley, who's a, uh, an indie creator. Do you know Rob? I Worley that name sounds yeah. Very Rob, Rob wrote um some books for Lion Forge while I was there. Okay. Uh, he's he asked from a creator like does – free comic day actually benefit indie publishers or creators in any way. Like, do you see it? Cause some comic book stores complain. Cause the thing is like the position Mike's in doing this two day, uh, at, at the uh, comic store, the comic book bug is, um, he's got to order all this stuff and he ha- does have to pay for these books. Yeah. So even though you as a customer are getting these books for free, the retailers are buying these books at a great discount, at a but, great yeah. discount, but they are spending money to get these things, these promotions on. So when they tell you only take two books, mm-hmm. please only take two books. You're probably getting a free hamburger or some chili. So his question brilliant. was, d- does it
0: help the indie creator? I would say yes. Okay. I mean, certainly at, at the Comic Bug, it does because we've we've curated the culture of trying new things. Mm-hmm. Um, every Wednesday at the store, I try to have a creator signing. They keep 100% of their money. And that's
1: every Wednesday. Every, every Wednesday. comic scenes. book release day.
0: It, yeah. There's always a creator. Sometimes it's a big name. Uh, but often it's just some guy that came in and sure. made his books and asked if he could you know display the books at the store or whatever. It's like hey why don't you do a signing on Wednesday it's our biggest day of the week people come in uh so you know on free comic day y- you kind of get what you give um mm-hmm. i y- people come in they they're wide-eyed they have no idea what they're seeing they know it's free comic day they're
1: they're kidding books and they have the i they and they want to explore they want right, to discover right
0: so if you're there and you have your book uh and you're doing sketches for kids is what i would recommend um it gives you FaceTime with all these people and it's like I do have some people that you know, maybe it was their first time in, or they just came in that day and they discovered, like uh, Yehudi Mercado is a great example. He's going to get some fans on uh, on this weekend, and that's why he's doing it. This is his second year doing this with us,
1: and, and he, done, he I mean, he lives closer to Judd. Yeah, like well, he asked Yoho. if he
0: could come, and I was like, Yeah, I'd love to have you. You know, what yeah. I mean So Taking it must have some on positive, right, <laughs> right, right. So he must be getting something out of it, right? And Richard Starkings from Elephant Men. He's not going to be with us this year, but he's come like the last five or six years. And what he's what he told me was it's good to sort of be there sort of seeding an audience, like hmm. giving free comics and people discover. The, and if, you, if your work's good, then, yeah, it'll help. Cool. And so Rob's work is pretty
1: good. So he should Rob be good. some good ideas. Yeah, I think yeah. he may be doing an event up in the valley where he lives. Cool. Um, Next year, Rob, come see us at Comic Book. Please. Come on down. I'm going to be there on Saturday. And Geekscape is, again, like whether you're into comics or not, this is a great opportunity. Maybe put down the video game controller. Maybe <laughs> step out of the multiplex a little bit. Well, you're going to be seeing Guardians. So maybe yeah. after Guardians or before Guardians because you don't want them totally be... Ta- you well, know, Guardians on the is out here. Friday. I, I, I recommend, recommend Friday. seeing that before you go Geekscape, to the Geekscape, if you're day. listening to this, you're totally going to watch Guardians oh, by yeah. Friday. By, by Saturday, you'll be all Guardians out. You'll probably have seen the movie twice. Put it on the local comic store <laughs> again go to the uh, go to free comic book day uh i think it's i think there's if you google it uh, it might be free comic day.com or i think it is yeah uh no, free okay, freecomicday.com. Yeah. go there and throw in your zip code and you're going to find some retailers that are in basically every retailer is involved in this you're going to find retailers near you you can go down there and get some free comics and if you again if you're in the south side of la like mike's uh comic book is a pretty good place they got two locations in two days where they're doing some amazing stuff can um, I mention one more thing, yeah, too? Yeah, mention you want to uh, So August 5th, Stan Lee
0: is going to be signing at our Culver City location. What? Yep. And, <laughs> and he's only signing 100 autographs for free, absolutely free. So starting on Free Comic Day, every time you come to the Comic Bug, you get a raffle ticket. Uh, wow. That's from May 6th up until, like, probably August 1st. Sure. And we're going to choose 100 names and announce who will get to meet Stan Lee that's amazing.
1: Yeah, is he promoting anything specifically? He's just uh, well, like, hey, uh, Stan Lee's LA Comic Con.
0: We yes. we sold the most tickets of all the shops that. That's that, that awesome. Participated in this. You know, it's our second year. Winning, and
1: so. that is Halloween weekend. Yeah, and I'm super proud of uh, of Regina. Oh, she's awesome. Of that she's one. And, and she's got DragCon going on this Did weekend. Did you hear the news about what? DragCon? What happened? They announced DragCon New York City. Oh, sweet. Good. The last weekend of September, first weekend of October. Go, Reg. That is right. Regina's awesome. Maybe we're going to go get some chili later today because she lives in Culver City, the home of the Westwood One Studios that we're now broadcasting out of. Geeks is it is good to be back. We're going to be doing this show pretty frequently, definitely once a week, but I'm going to start adding, you know, maybe a special here or there, depending on what Marvel movie's out or Ooh. uh what event we got we got a, a comic-con coming up so this is the beginning of our road to comic-con uh geekscape like every year has a booth at comic-con i think it's forty fourteen, 40, we've had that booth forever but we are exhibitors at comic-con and we're going to be doing some cool things uh at the booth now that we're partnered with wizard one we'd like to maybe be do- doing like a live broadcast or maybe we'll be bringing people off the floor to bring on to geekscape but i definitely want geekscape the podcast to have a regular presence or be doing some regular releases in San Diego from Comic-Con for those of you who cannot make it down to San Diego this summer. If you do make it down to San Diego, come by and say, hi, maybe you get thrown on the Geekscape. Um, I just appreciate that many of you guys have been with me for 11 years. Uh, and I appreciate Westwood one for bringing me back and saying, Hey, we want the show. We want to work with you. Let's build this thing. And uh, it shows a lot of faith. Uh, I'm really happy about it and I'm excited to be a part of it. So, um, thank you guys for listening. If you want more Geekscape, we are everywhere. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter. Come join us, uh, share in some of the discussion. And of course we we hang our hats at geekscape.net. That's our website. And there's articles up every day from our Geekscape staff. And there's other podcasts. So if you're into horror, you're into video games, or you're into Star Trek uh what is it? We we have this Star Trek Voyager podcast, specifically Star Trek Voyager. Wow. Called Seven of Wine. Where our <laughs> friends Jackie and Jen drink a wine and watch a specific ep- episode nice. of Voyager, and they review it. And we have a '90s podcast now. Uh, uh, the '90s TV Hour talks about '90s television. Like we have podcasts. It's kind of cool. Um, but this is this is the flagship here at Westwood One, and uh, and we love that you guys are listening. So plans for the weekend? Go visit Mike at the Comment Bug Saturday and Sunday. Uh, get some free stuff and come back here next week and listen to some Geekscape. All right, guys, uh, tell your friends about us subscribe and if you need anything you can always email me jonathan at geekscape.net till next week over and out say bye mike see you everybody